Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my friends out there in the internet land. This is a, another very special edition of the Phantom Correspondence Fandom Talk. I'm here with all of the uh, all the Phantom Correspondence Sam's one, who is uh, a little busy today, but we're we're gonna we're gonna miss her input on this. But today we are talking about uh, we're a little late on this, but we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and uh, it has been brought to my attention, of course, that this is going to be a pretty Star Wars heavy week uh, with not only doing the Book of Boba Fett, but also if you are not listening to, just a little plug, you need to start listening to the Star Wars EU or EU, uh, which is uh, Jake and Al's uh, uh, podcast uh, endeavor. I'm going to call it a podcast endeavor, endeavor. to look, look into the expanded universe and figure out what's good what's not so good what's great and what should be relegated to the dust heap of history uh and this week jake al what are we what are we doing this week uh that we've just recorded uh this week we are covering uh guinea tartakovsky's the clone wars yeah uh, from uh 2003 and 2004 whereas me and al would call it the good clone wars right al well, everybody's going to have to listen to the episode to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was totally me baiting out there. That was that was all that was happening there. Uh, but yeah, so definitely, yeah, we do we do want to definitely listen to that uh, that and uh, keep keep uh, uh, stay stay uh, stay with the fan of correspondence because we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up, uh, particularly with uh, the Star Wars U or EU. Uh, also, next month, uh, we also have, and by next month, I mean Mark, we have Comic Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great Comic Fest stuff going on, uh, not only in the podcasting realm, not only in the YouTube realm, but now we're slowly dipping our feet into the TikTok realm. With 31 days of comics. 31 days of comics. 31 mm-hmm. days of, of TikTok comics mm-hmm. you know because we have truly become those people <laughs> um you know and so look for uh look for you know tiktoks from all the fan correspondents uh in particular uh you know uh uh you know the ones where it is jake are you are, are with our tiktoks and and going 31 days of of comics mm-hmm. can we expect sexy cosplay from from any of the fan of correspondence. Well, I I hadn't asked Al yet, but I assumed that he would be okay with that. Okay, Al, are you okay with sexy sexy cosplay? Do you have a sexy cosplay you can do for a TikTok? Oh my God! Well, s- s- super sexy Spawn is happening for sure. So there you go. Good, good. Prepare for that. Al and chains. Yeah. Just chains. Just chains. <laughs> Just chains. Yeah. That's it. So, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, uh, pretty excited about all that, or or not. I don't know if I just ruined uh, comic book TikTok for everybody, uh, but either way, uh, definitely be looking uh, looking for all that stuff. As always, just uh, stay with us. Uh, you know, keep yourself posted on on what is happening uh, on the Phantom Correspondence. Uh, but now we're going to jump into Book of Fit. Before that, I'll let's introduce who all we've got here. Obviously, my name is Josh. The Wild Sage. I'm leading this one. Uh, across from me today uh, is the EIC, Jake. Jake, how you doing? Doing good today, Josh. Obviously, you've already heard from mm-hmm. Al. Al, how are you doing? Um, I, I'm doing even better now that I know I can use my chains for this upcoming event. Exactly. There <laughs> we go. And then also we've got Jenny, uh, Admin Raven. Jenny, how are you doing? I'm great. 
Awesome. Well, we're we're going to to dive in the book of Boba Fett. This is an interesting um, interesting show. Like I said, we're a little late getting to it, but it might be good that we kind of let it simmer for about a week because, you know, I got to be honest the the response to the show um, outside of just like, you know, the the evil version of Star Wars fans, that nice, very loud, you know, fifteen to twenty percent of Star Wars fans that are just you know, very much uh, a part of the discussion these days, whether you want them to be or not. But if you if you kind of take that out of the equation, most people's response to this show has really been kind of just, eh. Yeah. You know, it's like, eh, yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing. So I guess we'll start, uh, let's just go around real quick. Uh, maybe just give us like a, you know, like a, a score, you know, one to ten. Uh, what you would give the show and just kind of like really just like a real quick like 60 second review of it jake we'll start with you okay um so for me i'm gonna go with a seven you know it's it's better than than a lot of things i've seen um but at the same time it does have a lot of flaws um it has a few major flaws that that take it down um I'm considering, and for the record, if you're referencing what the score is, I'm, I consider both Mandalorian seasons to be a tens. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but I did enjoy it. Um, it does have a few scenes that I just adored. Like there there are two episodes where I was just like, okay, this is this is what I wanted. This is what I came for. You know, this is why I tuned in. Um, but there are still a couple of Still a couple of moments where I was just like, I this isn't exactly what I wanted, you know, and that's not really what I wanted from a Boba Fett show. So, but um, but overall, I did enjoy it. Yes. Okay, Jenny, what about you? A scale of one to ten, and uh, what do you think overall? Um, I would probably give it like a seven. Um, there was lots of things that I loved, but uh, a lot of things I didn't like, obviously, which I'm sure we'll delve more into. But um, overall, like I I kind of wanted more Boba. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, uh, uh, Al, what about you? Um, yeah, um, if I had to throw an integer on there, um, it'd probably be like a, I'll go with the seven, I think, like everybody else. Um, I enjoyed it overall. It was one of those um, kind of interesting situations where I found myself really enjoying each episode individually. Um and then afterwards, I would think about the show as a whole and kind of feel like um, as a unit, um, the show was kind of a mess at times. So so it was uh, kind of an, in- an interesting interplay there where I really enjoyed um, each episode as I watched it. And then when I tried to think back on it as like a season of a show, I was just like, I'm not sure everything was like um, entirely as as fluent as it could be uh but yeah overall i enjoyed it um it's got a lot of cool stuff in there for uh the big star wars fans who are into smaller characters and cameos so yeah yeah i i'm uh i'm (laughs) you know normally normally i want to be the guy who disagrees with the rest of the phantom correspondence but and you know and, and normally one of the things that makes us such an interesting podcast is our, our varying differences of opinions, but I'm about to do a seven out of 10 as well. Because that's, kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, you know, it's when I was describing it to a friend of mine who hadn't seen it, I said, you know, it's, it's good. Um, but I just kind of wish there was more of it, 
You know, like there, there's not enough in seven episodes. There's not enough time to really dig into who Boba Fett is. And at the same time, you're also sticking a lot of Mandalorian lore right into the middle of this show, um, into the Boba Fett show. And so, uh, and you're also kind of like, by the end of it, it becomes kind of like a, a nice little like season 2B of The Mandalorian because you find out, you find out as much about uh, Mando and Grogu's relationship in this show as you do about Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like that's, to me, that's interesting. So it's hard to complain about that. It's just I felt like a lot of that stuff could have happened in the Mandalorian show. But anyway, but let, let's get let's get into this. Okay, so like you know Boba Fett. So with with the Star Wars expanding universe in in Disney. Okay, what we have gotten we have gotten two seasons of Mandalorian. We've gotten Bad Back. We've gotten did we get an extra season of Rebels? No. We got an extra season of Clone Wars. Well, technically, we got an extra season of Clone Wars and. Technically, all of Rebels was during the Disney. Okay, during Disney Plus. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so so we've gotten, you know, all this. We've gotten some, some good content here. But Book of Boba Fett was interesting and was kind of a, a um, kind of, I got to put this, almost an experiment in taking a character that everyone has very real attachment to. You know, I would say Boba Fett is probably, you know, pre uh well definitely definitely before the prequels he's one of the top five you know most liked characters in the in star wars uh and maybe you could even make the case after the prequels and after uh the uh the new trilogy um that he's one of the top five favorites and so to do a show on him was there's a flex going on there um and we're seeing now that you know we're going to get shows with now with obi-wan in may um, that Disney is now willing to actually do what fans have been asking for for a while and explore these characters uh, in, in ways beyond their movie appearances. So Al, I'm going to ask this question of you: when you're looking at when you're looking at the Book of Boba Fett, and you're looking at this as kind of their first for, foray into exploring a character uh, that really didn't have a whole lot of backstory to him, uh, at least canon backstory to him. Um, what is, how, how does the, after watching the show, how does this make you, uh, does this give you confidence in, in where they're going to, what they're going to do with Obi-Wan or are you a little worried about it or is, does it maybe not affect it at all? What do you think? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's interesting because, um, I feel like in terms of exploring who Boba Fett is as a character, they really tried to do that um, in two primary ways. They tried to explore a little bit of his past up to this point, like basically up to the point of the end of season two of The Mandalorian, and then also exploring where he's going um, at this point um, after um, he tries to take over uh, kind of the territory and um, kind of the empire um, of Jabba the Hutt. Um, and it was it was kind of interesting because, again, this kind of goes back to what I said before, is that I really enjoyed each episode individually, right? I really enjoyed the time that we spent with Boba Fett after he escapes the Sardak pit, after he kind of um, has to go and, and live with 
um, that band of Tuscan Raiders, and he learned about their way of life and their culture and adopted a lot of it into his own and things like that. You got to explore that side of him. Um, and at the same time, we got a lot of these scenes in reference to kind of flashbacks and going back to who Boba Fett was before. We had a few scenes where there were glimpses of like the waters of Camino and like the clone facility that he was born at um, and, and lived at with Django for a while. Um, and we got like small like glimpses and tastes of that. And I really thought I was just like, oh, OK, they're going to do like kind of a graduated look at his past and show like, OK, this is what happened right after the Sarlacc pit. This is what happened when he was like at the cloning facility on Camino with Django. And then um, in between that, we might get some looks at uh, what happened after Django died in episode two and where he went after that and things like that. Um, and then it almost felt like the scenes dealing with his past um, were almost kind of originally supposed to be in that circulation. And then they decided to cut a lot of that and just kind of focus on like, no, we're just going to do the Tuscan Raider stuff. And then like a couple things that happened after that. Um, I was really surprised that we didn't get anything about like his time with Django, about his time um, kind of on the run after the battle of Geonosis. I was kind of surprised we didn't get any of that again, both because it would have made for really interesting TV. And also because, you know, we kept having those glances of just like, Oh, he's, he's a child again. He's back at the cloning facility oh nope we're gonna continue to go with the tuscan raiders which again i enjoyed the tuscan raider stuff i know a lot of people did not but i really enjoyed it i thought it was cool but um and then we go into kind of going into the future and him kind of exploring you know how is he gonna be this new kind of leader on tatooine how is he going to replace job of the hut what kind of a leader is he going to be um and i thought that was really interesting i know a lot of people kind of complained that um, it didn't feel like he was very good at what he was doing. But I think that was kind of a part of the point is that he was trying to explore this new identity that he claimed for himself. And it was a work in progress on trying to figure out what exactly he did want to do and how he wanted to approach things and what kind of leader he wanted to be. So I thought that part of it kind of made sense because if he was just immediately great at being some kind of crime boss, uh, then that's kind of weird because he hasn't been a crime boss before. <laughs> so so we need to see that kind of struggle and that kind of identity journey that he goes on and figures out what kind of character he wants to be. Um, now, that being said, I don't really think this is anything to kind of compare what to expect for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, just because I think Obi-Wan is a very different kind of character um, as far as the areas that need to be explored with him. Um, I think Boba Fett, you need to establish, you know, what happened to him after Return of the Jedi. Um, you know, what kind of things have he be, has he been up to alongside, you know, what kind of character is he trying to be now? With Obi-Wan, I think we're going to get a lot more of Obi-Wan slowly transforming into the old, into like the old retired Jedi, kind of the old and Kenobi um, kind of identity where he focuses more on, you know, he reflects on what's happened to him um, while also trying to go forward and trying to 
figure out his identity. So I think it'll be a little bit more organized than that. And I think um, the emphasis is going to be more on on um, him him getting from Ender Avenger the Sith to the beginning of New Hope. Whereas um, I feel like just to establish who Boba Fett is in the new canon, they had to do a lot of background work. And um, and again, just as the last thing, I really do think that they plan to do some more stuff with Boba Fett as a child with him after um, the Battle of Genosis and things like that, because that's what it felt like. It was weird that they teased that kind of younger age Boba Fett without ever actually addressing it or touching on it. But um, no, so I, I definitely look for the Kenobi series to be a bit more organized and a bit more trying to look towards the future with a couple of reflections on the past instead of doing kind of um, kind of a chopped up like, this is where he was, this is where he's going, this is where he was, this is where he's going. Uh, that kind of back and forth that we got with Boba Fett. That's what I would expect. You know what's funny, I was by, by basically, you know, you said, it, 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 I don't know if this is a, you basically said that uh, you couldn't take this uh, Book of Boba Fett and look at it and see it as any indication of what Obi-Wan would be. And then you explained what you want out of the Obi-Wan show. And the irony of that was you kind of explained what my main issue with, with the Boba Fett show was, which is essentially what you want out of the Obi-Wan show is you want to see this kind of transition from... Uh, you know, Obi-Wan, the, the swashbuckling Jedi into Ben Kenobi, the, you know, the old hermit who is Luke's mentor. Um, and I agree with you. I think that's hopefully what the Obi-Wan show will do. I mean, I don't know what the Obi-Wan show will do, but like, hopefully there's going to be elements of that. But the problem is that there's really zero element of that in Book of Boba Fett. I don't, part of it is I don't truly understand um, how Boba Fett goes from stone cold, you know, bounty hunter assassin to really crime boss of a heart of gold. And I'm not even upset that Boba Fett's a crime boss of a heart of gold. I'm not saying I need, you know, another anti-hero in my life. You know, Lord knows I don't need another anti-hero in my life. Uh, but, but I don't understand the transition and you talk about the, the past and all that stuff. You only really get two scenes in this, in this show where Boba Fett really talks about his past. And one is where he's basically like, I'm tired of working for guys who are going to get me killed, which, you know, okay, but is not really a moral compunction to be better. He's, you know, mm -hmm. and then you've also got the part where he tells uh, Chris Anton, you know, not to work for Skyholes anymore, which, okay, once again, yes, but also not a moral compunction to do better. And you have a much more moral and honorable Boba Fett at the end of this show than really what you do at the end of Return of Jedi, or as far as we know, like, I, you know, we really, he's kind of a blank slate in Return of Jedi and in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but we don't really see any type of growth. We're just kind of told that it's, it happens. Um, and part of that, I think, is the problem of just having seven episodes of this show and really having really four episodes of Boba Fett, you know, being the main character of this show. Um, because five and six are basically Mandalorian. So, um, which brings me to my question to you, Jake. Um, you know, it does seem 
it seems like the things we're saying about this show, we can, uh, or the things I've just said about the show, um, we can basically take what I've just said and then be like, apply it, you know, to a year ago or eight months ago when we were talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier and how we were like, hey, it would have been really cool if we could have gotten, you know, a little bit more of this and a little more of that and learned a little bit more about these characters. <clears throat> so do you think the issue here is just that it's uh, the link for the seasons or is it what you're doing with the season you're being given? Well, I think um, with this one, it's it's interesting because when they had first announced Boba Boba Fett, one of the things they had said was that this was going to be like a four-episode basically interlude between Mandalorians season two and three, okay? Which it technically is, but they also wanted to basically add a Mandalorian prologue right in the middle of it. And I think originally it was going to be a very different show. I think I think Al's absolutely right when he was talking about the when he was talking about the the flashbacks and everything, particularly with Cad Bane showing up in the last two episodes. Because to me, when you and, and, and I thought they were going this route when I watched just the first like three episodes with the different flashbacks and everything, I thought we were going to get, like Al said, a this is right after the Sarlacc, this is right after Mandalorian season two. And then possibly do more flashbacks to when he was growing up and becoming the the cold-hearted bounty hunter like you were talking about. Especially if you're going to bring in Cad Bane for the finale because Cad Bane is canonically, thanks to Clone Wars, one of the guys who kind of helped to raise him after Django uh, had passed on. I mean, of course, and then also you get my boy Bosk in there um, as well as Aura Singh. And you could, you could do a lot more cameos and have fun with that if you wanted to. The thing is, is that it seems like they cut all that stuff out and the Cad Bane scenes actually don't land as well because by that point you are three episodes slash at this point three weeks removed from the Tuscan Raiders. So when he talks about your Tuscans, it doesn't work. It doesn't land as well, in my opinion, because it seems like he didn't spend as much time with them or we've basically forgotten about them at this point, particularly when you just have two full season scene or two full episodes and or weeks of basically Mandalorian and Grogu doing stuff. Now, when it comes to adding the Mandalorian into this, in my opinion, I'm fine with the Mandalorian being in it. I'm, I was fine with a cameo. I would have, if at the, if like there's the scene where he's like, we need more muscle. And then all of a sudden Mandalorian just shows up. Oh, sweet. Oh, it's, it's going down. Okay. In my opinion, I would have cut out the stuff with the armor and the, and the, new Vizsla that we can all hate on. Um, and I love him. I know that America is going to come after me for this, but I would have cut... just be America. And, and the woman directly to my left, I would have cut out <laughs> Grogu because I would have saved all of that for like the first episode of the next season, um, including Grogu's choice, including Luke, everything. I would have cut all of that um, and focused more on Boba Fett's. But that's just me. Like, I, I, I know. Um, because, but in my opinion, you know, getting back to your original question, I'm sorry, I know I'm kind of going off on a, on a tirade. But you, in my opinion, the first four episodes are actually pretty solid of a Boba Fett story. But then it goes off the rails because they start adding in so many different characters for us to try and keep up with. 
And I know that is a weird thing for someone like me to complain about being someone who knows all these Star Wars characters, who follows all these Marvel con all these Marvel and DC comics and everything that have all these different characters with lore and everything. But if I'm the one who's saying that, then that should be it. That's an issue. Um, in my opinion, I would have I would have had a much stronger focus because um, I think that's kind of a I think that's a bigger issue with this season than a lot of people are really kind of making notice of is that it's so all over the place that we don't feel we don't feel satisfied about pretty much any character by the end of this um, because we get like a teaser of Mandalorian. Um, maybe Kersantan and Fennec Shand. I think those are the two that I, I was satisfied with by the end of this, because both of those, I think, I think they played them perfectly. Um, but, but Boba Fett, I did not get enough of him, in my opinion. Um, and that's an issue when it's called the Book of Boba Fett. So, yeah. But I, so I, I would have either, either add another episode or, I'm sorry, cut out like. 90% of uh, of episodes five and six. Uh, Jenny, as the biggest Grogu fan I know, okay, <laughs> uh, do you agree with Jake, or do you think that, uh, do you think the Mandalorian stuff got in the way of, of Boba Fett's story, or? Yeah, this think? is probably going to be a shocker to everybody, but I don't disagree with you. Um, because, Whoa. like, I, I, did, I really like Boba Fett, so I did want to see more of his story. Um, like, from, you know, start to finish, I, because that's what I thought it was going to be. Um, I agree with Al. It just seemed like it was going a different direction. And, I mean, yeah, the Mandalorian stuff and Grogu stuff was really cool. But, like, I don't think you needed all the the entire episodes for it. Like, just give, like, flashbacks or something. And give us, like, little teasers for next, you know, for the Mandalorian season. That probably would have been what I would have done. Um, you know, like, you know, it was great. Like, I didn't, like, dislike any of it. Other than, you know, Luke being a little, uh, you know, not <laughs> Luke, Luke mm -hmm. making Grogu choose kind of annoyed me. Um, but, um, but no, like I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jacob. I, I really do. And I love Grogu and I could watch him do anything all the time just for hours. But yeah. I, I just think, I, I, I still think they did Boba right. Yeah. I just don't. Um, Yeah. Boba is a very interesting character. He deserved an entire season with just him. And uh, that being said, though, one of my favorite scenes in the entire series was when him and Mando were fighting alongside each other. That was... It was pretty sweet. That was amazing. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, we'll, we'll come back to uh, to uh, to Din and Grogu here in a bit because I, I do think even, even as much as... Uh, even though I have issues with them just basically being in the show, uh, it's hard to deny that some of the best scenes we've seen in Star Wars uh, history happens with, with Mando and Grogu. In oh, this for sure, yeah. So, no. uh, Not to uh, take anything away yeah, from it. It I just could have been away. in The Mandalorian. That's but all but it is interesting because, to me, the, the most successful Star Wars has been since Disney has, has acquired it is Mando and Grogu. Yeah. Those, are, those are their two most successful new characters. Uh, that's coming from a guy who... You know, who really, you know, loves Ray, loves Finn, loves Poe, you know, sticks up for a lot of the new characters. Uh, coming from someone like Jenny who loves Kylo Ren, you know, I mean, but I think we all, and BB-8, of course. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, Mando and Grogu have been the most successful characters, and you can see that with 
kind of their push behind them. But what's interesting to me is that you had a you had an opportunity to to really get into the layers of other character Boba Fett, um, who has a built-in fan base, and it doesn't seem like they really did that. And one of those layers that they added uh, that does seem to kind of stop and almost goes nowhere, almost to the point where like I want to Gail Simone to kind of add them to the you know Tuscans and refrigerators. Now I think we can talk about that. Because it seems like we got the Tuscan Raiders uh, to show up, save save Boba Fett, and then they're used as a reason for Boba Fett to go and want to kill uh, more people, um, which I think was really a missed opportunity because we learned so much about this group of people that we had a very one-sided opinion of, um, and then we learned more about them. We learned, you know, how they're how their tribe works, how their how their how their people work in a lot of ways, um, and we got all this great lore, and then they just got killed off screen. And so, Jake, uh, tell me, you know, like you know, as someone you know who who knows a lot about Star Wars lore and a lot of the more useless aspects of it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell me, what did you think of all the Tusken Raider stuff? And do you think you know it was a missed opportunity, or do you think they used it well? What do you think? So it's it's funny you mentioned this because I started looking up. Um, well, really, it was kind of fortuitous that this happened at the same time. Um, I had read some of the like early '80s Star Wars comics, so like basically like the the early Star Wars, like we're talking like Marvel, so like early EU stuff yeah. that um, where a lot of ew. A, a, lot, a lot of you, yeah, yeah. yes, I, I, I will admit that you know they're they're they're, they're novel. They, yeah. they have a novelty to them. It's but, a great space uh, buddy. Yeah, exactly. A lot, lot, lot of crazy stuff happening, but um, but there's an entire issue where it is a um, backstory for Luke, where he's talking about the, where he's he has to deal with Tusken Raiders back on Tatooine. Okay, and between reading that and then reading a um, another story that features uh, the Tusken Raider Jedi Ashara Het um, during the Star Wars Republic comics we kind of get this interesting aspect where the Tusken Raiders in a lot of ways were almost always viewed strictly as just these savages. Okay. They were almost always viewed that way. Um, even a Shard Het as interesting and complex of a character as he is in a lot of ways, he, while still trying, he basically at one point talks about how there, he comes from a different tribe of Tuscans. So there's like this, there's almost a lot like this kind of idea where like there's just a few Tusken Raiders. I gotta there. stop you. Did I just accidentally give you a reason to talk about a shard head for thirty minutes? No, I, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with okay. this. I promise. Okay. Although, let me tell you, whenever me and Al do Star Wars Legacy, yeah, I, I am so ready to do I that know, podcast. I know. Um, My apologies, listeners. I didn't. E, I didn't you were you year two. Um, I should have given this question to Al. <laughs> um, but. Uh, but no, like he, like there is a point where he's basically talking about how there's different tribes, pretty much, and most of them are feral. Like that's kind of the the go-to is that most of them are these savages, okay? And I kind of hated that because at that point you were writing them all, you were writing like ninety percent of them off just as these faceless villains. You contrast that with Mandalorian seasons one and two, um, and then Boba Fett here. 
where it seems like they are trying to humanize them and show that they are people who, and Boba Fett talks about this, that if they do one thing, they does talk about this, where they have been basically placed on the outskirts of society and have had to figure out how to survive amongst the DNC and survive this harsh wasteland, pretty much. That's interesting to me, and I really, really like that aspect. Problem is, is that you're right, because literally an episode later, slaughtered off screen, you know, and we don't really get a whole lot from them. And I'm still annoyed because I've rewatched that scene. And please, if anyone notices this, please get at us on social media. I want to know. The... Female Tuscan Raider with the long dreads that teaches him how to fight with, right. with a gaffy stick. Yeah. I really was interested in seeing her because she is a badass. She's great. She's great during the train heist, you know, and everything else. And I do not remember her seeing her in that grouping. Yeah. It's funny because I said that as soon as this happened, I said, well, she's going to come back. She survived. Yeah. Because the thing is, here's, here is. Here's filmmaking 101 for someone who's never made a film, okay? If you make a character important and you want to kill them off, you need to show us the body at yeah. some point, you know? Or definitively show us somehow that she or she has passed, okay? Mm -hmm. um, that character was fantastic. That character had the best moment of the train heist when she was just like, all right, I'm just going to leap on here and do this stuff myself, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I was really upset that we didn't get more from her. She seemed like someone who at the very least deserve, we deserve to see go out swinging, mm. you know, anyway, carry on. Well, particularly when like your last two episodes are all, we are outnumbered. We don't have any help. We need other people. Like I watched that entire finale just waiting for them to be like bogged down and all of a sudden like. She comes out and starts swinging a gabby stick, and they have no idea what, what's going on or what to do. Like, she comes out like a, like a ninja or something. That's what I wanted to see, and I'm really upset, or, or anything of her. And I was upset that we did not see more of her, and I was upset that we didn't get, like, more of that to where, like, she's coming back to help her tribe, which at this point is Boba, because everyone else is gone. I was really upset about the way that was part that part was handled, um... Particularly when, like you said, we saw the boy and we saw the leader, both of who were important, but like, in my opinion, like, they're number two and number three, and we never saw her. I, I don't know. Anyways, in my opinion, that part was mishandled. You were absolutely right. Um, but I am, I'm happy that we are attempting to show a different side of the Testament Raiders. I'm happy that we're attempting to show, and personally, I hope that they keep doing that. I would love to see more about the different the different people of the galaxy. And, and if, if I have one issue with Star Wars as a whole, it's that we keep creating all these interesting species and these interesting looking characters. And a lot of times we don't focus on them. We focus on all the humans. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but like one, one day I want an entire Mon Calamari versus Quarren episode or something like that, where we actually get to study like, where their civil war happens, or we get to study, you know, more about Athorians, more about Wookiees, more about uh, uh, Biths. You know, there's so many different species that I want to know how they interact with each other, and I would like to see that more of that and going forward. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree there. And as someone who 
you know, I was really intrigued by um, the the concept of you know Star Wars as a product of that has spiritual relevance. Um, I think one of the and it's one of those things that I know I know it's irrelevant because I have not heard a single commentator, a single review, a single TikToker, anybody even reference it. But there's a moment where Boba Fett has what is essentially a vision quest in this thing, and from based a from a lizard, yes, okay, <laughs> but still, but still, like it, it's presented on screen as a, you know, as a, as an actual vision, mm-hmm. okay, and the the religions we've been told about in uh, in Star Wars, you know, are. You know, the only one we know about is the Force. You know, that's the only, you know, and the religions we've heard about have been based around the Force. And, you know, Star Wars has a really interesting concept of how it looks at religion, basically, that everything's the same as an offshoot of the same thing, uh, which is definitely not how religion works uh, in our world. But um, there was an opportunity there, okay, to really delve into, you know, this, the religion of the Tuscan Raiders. Or, or their spiritual side. And essentially what it ends up being is it shows Boba Fett what kind of gaffy stick he's going to get. Which is important. Which is important <laughs> that we see him use three more times in the show. You know, and like, and, and that's just to me like a wasted moment, you know, because like, like, you know, the things that, you know, I, I don't want to get, too much of a high horse, but the things that like humanize people, because there is a sense of with with the Tusken Raiders, uh, there's a sense in a lot of ways of Star Wars, and once again, or Disney trying to save Star Wars from itself, because we have been even with Ashara Het. Uh, the reason Ashara Het is like that in the comics is because once again, we have to sort of justify why Anakin does what he does, because we can't totally make Anakin a bad guy. Because if we make him totally a bad guy, we can't put him on T-shirts, you know, and put him on all the action figures. So, like, even when he's doing the bad things, you know, we've got to kind of justify it, okay? And so, yeah, it, it was mean of him to kill the Tusker Raiders, but the Tusker Raiders were meanies first. And so, like, we, you have that sense in and of itself where, like, these Tusker Raiders are just evil they're useless, you know, they're savages, they're not even human, they're animals, and he slaughtered them like animals. I would just like to point out that there is, in the original Lego Star Wars, the level where you are playing that, you have to slaughter, like, a certain number of Tusken Raiders before you move on. Yeah, I mean, and I it's really kind of weird yeah, in, the in Le- hindsight. In the Lego Star Wars game, <laughs> even the Lego Star Wars game is like, you know, screw these people in particular. And so, in a you know, in a sit in an opportunity where like you you've got an opportunity to explore more, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed learning more about their culture, you know. But at the same time, you know, what, <laughs> that all gets thrown out the window just so that we can have Boba Fett go on a revenge quest, you know. And there that way, once he goes in his revenge quest, and he kills enough of the skiff riders who aren't even aren't even the ones that end up doing it, as we find out. You know, he gets his Xbox score up a little bit more, and then we move on into the next storyline. And that really bothers me. Um, And so Tusken Raiders were just one of the, in my opinion, many groups in this show that were kind of, you know, given some, they were kind of undersold uh, in their importance to 
the to this show and what well, and to Tatooine in a lot of ways. Um, and that's where Al, I want to I want to bring you in here because so one of the there, there's been some complaints about these characters uh, that I'm going to talk about or I'm going to ask you about. Um, but and while I understand some of the complaints. My main complaint about them was we learn very little about what their point and purpose is within the show, and that's the mods. So the mods, of course, are this group of like young people that have had presumably horrible things happen to them because they replace limbs with um, and parts of their body and parts of their body with cybernetics. Uh, cybernetics okay. Which seems to imply we get a little bit of like, you know, like, well, yeah, you know, if you die, we just basically turn you into a cyborg. Um, and so you have this group of people that have experienced very real trauma, okay? And essentially, they're kind of like, you know, Boba Fett's like, hey, just come work with me. And then they become like Boba Fett's security, and that's about it, you know? Al, I mean, like, you know, am I wrong? Where they're like, you know, and, and, and by the way, bring up if, you know... Or, or correct me if I'm wrong, if you think the story did well on these. Um, but uh, am I wrong in that there were just a bunch of groups in this show, like people in this show that just seemed like were just kind of introduced and then we didn't learn anything else about them, mods included? Right, well, I mean, I think that's um, completely fair. Um, I'm glad, one, I'm glad you brought them up because they were uh, a group of characters I wanted to talk about. Two, I'm glad you called them the mods because up until you did, um, ha after having watched the show, I had no idea how to refer to them. I was about to refer to them as cyberpunks, um, but but mods <laughs> works great. Um, it's all about it's all about are, the same thing. Like they're, they're called the mods. They're called the mods, right? I, didn't yeah, just I, thought, I thought there was a part where he's like the mods are patrolling. Yeah. Which, by the way, it could have been. The, yeah. The other thing, the other thing about that is. I had to make that connection myself because, you know, like when he first said that, my first thought was like, who are these characters? And then my second thought was like, are there a bunch of British uh, 60s, you know, uh, alt alternative people running around, you know, in like polka dotted mini dresses, you know, like patrolling? Because like, but anyway, carry on now. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, in hindsight, I really wish we got like, um, I'm a henchman for Oba Fett, who was just Mad Mod from the Teen Titans. Um, exactly. That'd be great. Yes. That'd be fantastic. Um, no, it was... I had a real problem with the mods because not only not only were they a group of characters who are in the show that you don't really learn anything about, but even further than that, right, they're... Um, the presence of their characters don't make a lot of sense. Uh, because their whole deal when they first interact with Boba Fett is that like, um, you know, he's just like, you all should work. And and they're just like, well, we can't work. There's no jabs. Um, that's my <laughs> that's my British accent that only some of them that have. Was, that was a great accent. Thank you. <laughs> I was just like, we can't work. There's no jibs. Um, and so you're just like, oh, okay. They're like broke and like out on the street and things like that. But then, like the more the more you learn about them, the more you learn. Well, that has to be impossible because not only do they ride around on super shiny, chromatic colored like hover scooters everywhere, um, which stick out like sore thumbs in like the desert planet of Tatooine. 
Um, but also, um, you learn that the mods they get, like, apparently are really expensive because Boba Fett at one point has to pay um, um, the doctor guy who's doing all these mods for the mods to happen. Um, and so you're just like, okay, well, like, they can't be completely broke because they they have all of these things. And then you think, oh, okay, they probably just, like, stole the money for them or, like, stole the hover scooters for themselves. Uh, the hover scooters crack me up, man. But, um... Um, but then the more you watch and you realize, wait, these guys are like terrible at their jobs. Um, so the, like they can't have stolen all of that um, because they're not very good thieves. Uh, like yeah. nothing in the show gives you any indication that they're competent at stealing things. Um, like they stole the stuff from the guy who approaches Boba Fett in the first place. Um, and he knew exactly who they were. So they obviously weren't very good at doing that job. Um, but... They're, I think what they were shooting for with those characters was they were supposed to like be a revelation to Boba Fett that you know um, the people of Mos Espa are really hard up. You know, there's a lot of uh, of socioeconomic inequality that was happening um, um, under the rule of Jabba and under the rule of Bib Fortuna. Um, that if Boba Fett wants real loyalty from his territory he needs to correct some of those things um but then you never see that but first of all you don't ever see that happen again like that's an issue that doesn't really come up after he gives these like five sometimes english kids jobs um and then and then the second part of it is that like for that to be like a revelatory experience for Boba Fett, Boba Fett has to be kind of stupid for that to work as a revelatory experience because he has spent time on Tatooine before. Um, so for him to be able to walk through the streets of Mos Eisley and Mos Espa and just be like, oh, no, I don't see any issues here. Um, like the revelatory side of that first interaction falls really flat because it's just like, well, of course he knows that some people are more poor than others. Like that's, he's not an idiot. Like, and so that's kind of asking you to believe a lot of like rather absurd things about our protagonist in order for that initial interaction to really take off. And if you don't really have that initial interaction be significant, then those characters, the mods don't really have enough character strengths or personality themselves to really carry them through the rest of the show. Um, so that kind of, this is the mark for me. Also, I need to complain about this. This will be the last thing I talk about with the mods because I've, I've picked on them a lot. But um, I've talked about their scooters, their little like hover scooters. And one episode where I like had to stop myself from laughing the entire time was when they were chasing the dude who was in like the cruiser through the streets of Tatooine. And it is like the slowest chase scene I've ever witnessed. Like they go, everyone is going so slow that a part of me is just kind of like, if they just jump off of their scooter and run, they'll catch the guy faster than if they're going on this super slow hover scooter, chasing a super slow cruiser through the streets of, of Muslim. 
that was crazy to me. I don't know if that like struck anybody else, but that chase scene was so slow that like it really took a lot of like the urgency and tension completely out of that scene. And um, but that's <laughs> I just wanted to point that out because that was crazy to me. Um, but anyway, no, um, I definitely agree with the mods. I had a problem with the mods because again, the times they were on screen, you don't really learn anything else about them. There really isn't anything else to endear them to you. So you get kind of the feeling of just like, okay, well now these scenes are taking time away from other characters who are more invested in and who we like to see way more of. In the episode where where um, the Pikes go after all of Boba Fett's um, like troops and individual allies and things like that, um, there's a point where Black Chrysanthemum um, is attacked by just like a city full of Trandoshans. And you're just like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do. I wonder how he's going to get out. And it kept cutting away from that to the mods just kind of being pinned down with blasters um, in this one area, also going very slow on their hover scooters. And so every time they cut away from Black Chrysanthemum, like 1v20ing these, <laughs> these, <laughs> these Trandoshans to, to just showing a very like slow kind of mediocre shootout with these characters I don't care about. I just kind of screamed internally. I'm just like, no, I want to, I want to see Chrysanthemum like pile drive a Trandoshan. Just give me that. Like <laughs> it's, it's all I want out of this scene. But no, they were, yeah, they, they could have been done a bit better than what they were. And I'm kind of interested to see if we'll see them again, because I don't think they really, inspired a lot of interest among people who watch the show as far as i know well they they here so <laughs> here's the thing about the mods okay the concept the, the the frustrating thing about the mods is every single time i was watching them i was thinking to myself of better ways this could have been presented because the concept within itself okay when you boil it down is you have poor cyborgs with really shiny scooters. That is the concept. Okay. Somebody walked into a room and said, I want to do some poor cyborgs with really shiny scooters that are based on 1956 Fords. Okay. That's essentially somebody walked into the room and said that. Okay. Now, when you make those statements, what you have to do and you've already brought this up, is you have to justify poor and cyborg, and you have to justify the scooters, 1956 Fords, okay? In a world where every single speeder looks brown, gray, or black, you have green scooters, red scooters, yellow scooters, you know, very pretty, very chrome, very eye-catching. You have if you if if you don't explain that, it's weird. The only reason, like, because like all the all the all the people were like, this doesn't look like Star Wars, and I'm like, Star Wars Star Wars doesn't look like Star Wars, okay? And you know, like Episode One has a geisha in it, you know, like I mean, Star Wars itself doesn't look like Star Wars, so like that's not a problem I'm talking about. But if you don't explain this this thing right here, okay, then it becomes weird. And all they needed, like literally, the whole thing could have been sold. The whole thing could have been sold, okay? If the mods, you know, like all you have to do is you got to make them, I hate to say this, 
you know, a little more rebellious, a little more anti-hero, and probably, you know, something that Disney is just like not willing to do anymore for whatever reason, but probably a little more left-leaning. All you got to do is do that and have them be like, look, in this world where everything is beaten down and everything is brown and gray, I just wanted to have a red scooter. And let me tell you something. I would have been like, absolutely. <laughs> I am 100% on that. And here's the interesting thing about that. That is essentially Boba Fett's reasoning for wanting to ride a Rancor. And no one, yeah. no one complained about that. And if you just apply that same concept to these characters, all of a sudden you have something about the characters you know, okay? All right, so in this world where everything is like, where literally they sell a drug that is a brown dust, okay? In this world where everything is brown and like these earth tones and just like really drab, these guys want to stand out. They are more artistic. They, they want to be more than, than what's around them. And that's all you have to do. That's literally all you have to do. It is a 30-second conversation to make them more interesting than they are. That's all it is. And they, for whatever reason, were not willing to do that. And I always get, you bring up Persantin and the, like the, the shootouts at the end, okay? I always get upset when this happens, okay? When like, so like the, the point of that is you have the Gamorrean guards by themselves are looking at one group of people. You have Persantin by himself looking at another group of people. And you have the mods by themselves looking at another group of people. Okay, and they're like supposed to be keeping an eye on them. And the Gamorreans do the best they can, but they're in a wide open space. Persan's in a wide open space. You you have the mods back themselves up against a wall and go, okay, I don't know, things are starting to look a little weird here, you know. And like literally they're in an alley with one way in and one way out in a backed up against the wall. And I and and like Fennec Shan should have been like, when when she shows up and saves them, should have been like, hey, this is not the job for you. We're gonna find you <laughs> like you know, like a way off planet, you know, we want to help you. We thank you so much for that one time when like you saved Boba Fett for Gersantin, but like, this is just not going to work out. Uh, let's, let's, you know, let's start getting you, you know, <laughs> get, let's, 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 you know, we'll give you some server pay, you know, but let's just get you off planet because this is really not going to work out for you, you know, because they, and, and over and over and over again, you, when you introduce new characters, if you consistently make them, do things that don't make sense within the world they are in, then anyone that's watching the show is going to have this reaction to these characters, you know? And so like, you know, the, 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 you're right. The, at this point, you know, they're just kind of this weird thing that happened in the book of Boba Fett that probably will not happen again. You know, I mean, even something like everyone's making fun of the fact that the one guy like does this like spin move before you shoot somebody. And I'm like, once again, if you had just had a 30-second conversation <laughs> with these guys about them being, like, artists or, like, being different or, like, growing up and, like, never fitting in and tattooing and wanting to be different. I mean, once again, that's Luke's story, right? So, like, if it works there, why doesn't it work here? And it's all it takes is a 30-second conversation, and all of these things make sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very frustrated by the mods because I do think they could have worked. The idea of them works. You know, if, if, if you if you tweak it a bit um, and they just weren't willing to do that, you know, um, but also like there's, you know, there's other groups within uh, within within this um, within this world that, in my opinion, get a little bit short and Jenny, I want to bring this one to you 
um, because I felt like we learned a lot of really cool stuff about Rancors really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then our Rancor person was gone and he never shows up again. And then the Rancor shows up at the end. He's pretty awesome. Um, but the, you know, like I know you, you fell in love with the Rancor the moment you saw I the did. Rancor. He's so yeah. sweet. He is. He is a sweet. <laughs> he, is, he is. He is a sweet. I love the Rancor. Um, so like, you know, where, you know, uh, talk a little about the Rancor and, you know, maybe was, did you want more or do you think they did a good job with it? Yeah, no, I feel like the Rancor and Boba Fett had a real, um, and I thought this is where it was going to go. I really thought they had potential to be like a Grogu Den type of like, you know, relationship. I right. thought we were going to see him a lot more than we did. Um, I fully intended this. Every time you saw Boba, him on top of the Rancor. That's what I was hoping for. Right. And then it didn't happen. Yeah. But he was so sweet. It was so loyal. And, you know, and he just hated everybody that wasn't Boba. And like, I mean, you know, yeah. I get it. Yeah, you fair, know, that's fair. fine. Yeah. yeah. I have an animal like that. Yeah, you do. Yes. You do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny because we're told, you know, the Rancors, you know, the thing we're told about them is that they're extremely emotionally intelligent creatures. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a lot of, I don't know if they ever admitted it, but everybody, of course, made the connection, connection between the Rancors, the pit bulls. Yeah. You know, that they've, they're, they've always been used for, you know, just like this violence and that kind of thing. Um, but that, you know, they're different. Um, and so, like, you get told, like, it's a very emotionally intelligent creature, and I'll take your word for it, but, like, we don't really see that, right? Like, yeah, not a know, whole lot, really, no. You know, um, but, but but we do get some, we, we get some really cool stuff of them, uh, like, taking out the robots and everything, you know. Um, well, and even the scene with him and Grogu, when Grogu's like, we're just going to take a nap now. Yeah. I love that. That probably. was great. That was one of my favorite scenes in the entire uh, series, and that's me even thinking Grogu probably shouldn't have been in it, but that was a great That scene. might have been one of the best scenes in the entire Star Wars canon. Yeah, that's probably right? fair. <laughs> uh, it, and it ends perfectly with, with Grogu just, just clunk, just like, clunk it's like yeah. next to the record, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you know. Um, but, you know, you, you, you do have, you've got the Rancor, the Rancor trainer, you know, who shows up. I mean, if you're, if you're going to get Danny Trejo, I feel like we should give him just a little bit more due, you know, just, mm -hmm. just a trifle bit more, but that's okay. Maybe he'll show up again later. Well, that's, again, that's what doesn't make sense to me, like, that that entire episode, because, I mean, Boba Fett, we, like, there's, like, the entire scene, like, they don't even say anything. They just kind of, like, bond. Mm -hmm. And we're, like, we're glued to the TV watching it, and then, like, then you don't see him for, yeah. like, four, and I'm just, like, there had to be more there, like. Well, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It does seem like a missed opportunity, you know, because like you see, you know, like Boba Fett's like, I want to ride him. Like, you know, this is, this is, you know, like he's, he's immediately attached to the Rancor. Yeah. You know, as you are. Um, and so, you know, there, we don't have any real, any real um, growth between those two characters, you know, because it's like. Just that one scene. Yeah. It's yeah. like you spend some time with the Rancor to. Uh, discuss it, you know, and like, and to be like, do the same thing you do with Tusk Raiders in a sense, and be like, hey, you know, these guys aren't just people that try to kill Jedi's um, or Jedi's mothers, you know. Um, so like, you know, this is this is they're, they're more than that, um, but we never really see that. Um, and so then again, once again, it becomes a scene wherein, um, you know, it's another instance of Grogu having to do Grogu things, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it's another instance of a character in the show. It's not about, you know, once again, take control. Mm. And I do think that's 
and I'm and I'm, I'm going to say this, and then I want to start saying nice things about the show because we did give it all seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but I'm going to say this. This is my major problem here, and there are two things that if I could tell Disney to do this, okay, I would. I, I mean, I'd I'd give anything. One is if you're going to do a TV series and you're going to make it a character-based TV series, we have to start giving enough time to explore these characters. And I know the reason they do this is because everybody complained about how there were so many like dead episodes and all the Netflix shows. But here's the thing, even with like the worst Netflix show, which is Iron Fist one, okay? Even with the worst of the Netflix shows, you know the characters. Like, you understand everything about them. You understand, like, why they do what they do and all that stuff. And with all this stuff of Boba Fett, you know, we introduce all these different um, variables in his life. And we don't really understand why he's doing things. We can't really explore him. And so, like, at the end of this season, you get Boba Fett. And you're like, well, I don't really know a whole lot more about Boba Fett than when I... Before the season started. I would much rather have, like, ten dead episodes, you know, than being, like, really hyped up and then kind of let down. Yeah. And not even, like, just kind of like, oh, well. well like, I'm not, a, like, because I liked the show. I, and, I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Is, I mean, there wasn't a dead episode in Scarlet Witch. You know, right. that was mine, right? Yeah. You know? Um, there wasn't a dead episode in Falcon Winter Soldier, but at the end of it, we were just kind of like, hmm. And then with Loki, you know, Loki had six, 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 and we episodes, probably correct. six correct. like six of the best <laughs> things that have ever happened in history. <laughs> um, but like you had six episodes there, and you know, and and I mean they were they were good, but once again, I feel like there could have been maybe two more that would have helped at the very least with Sylvie's character. That's true. Um, I mean, I always want more Loki, so that's fine. Yeah. But yes. So, like, you know, I, for me, I would, um, you know, I would, I would in, implore them to uh, maybe consider exploring, maybe, you know, particularly if you're going to introduce Mandalorian in the middle of it, giving this a couple more episodes so that we can actually get to know these characters. I don't know how long Obi-Wan's going to be, but I can tell you right now, I'll be very upset if it, they were like, hey, it's six characters, because that is not, or six episodes, because that is not long enough really to give me what I want, which is, you know, the whole point of these TV shows is to be like, you know, let's explore these guys in depth. Well, are they going to do another season of Book Boba? Well, they, I don't know. They haven't really announced it. Or is really it just a one-off? It. No, I mean, no it yet. seems like with uh, how it ends with uh, with old Cobb, you know, uh, being in the back to tank, that at the very least it seems like, you know, something else is going to happen there. Well, and then uh, he says to, uh, to Finnick, uh, you know, I don't know if I like doing this. And then she's like, we'll figure out something. Which, once again, though, and I, okay, I'm glad you brought that line up, okay? Because I almost let this go. I hate that line. Why did you do it then? Just trying stuff out. I mean, well, yeah, I mean well, seriously, Al, can you explain to me, explain, explain that line. And, like, what, what does that line do for the show? Like, does that line help the show? Um, I'm not sure it helps the show. Um, I will say that, like, um, I kind of enjoyed that line just as somebody who bounces around like jobs and careers a lot. Yeah, that's um, what I, I was about. I kind of enjoyed that line. I kind of enjoyed the idea of, of Boba Fett being like, yeah, I, I tried it. I don't think it's for me. 
Um, okay, all right, okay. Do you want to do this, Fennec? Like, <laughs> all right, no, no, you're right. I, but I, I, under, take it I understand where, you're, I take it I understand I where you're coming from, but yeah, I thought it was extremely relatable because I change my mind on everything all the time. You know this. I'm very impulsive. I feel like me and Boba, we have a lot in common. I think that could be a great transition into a season two of the Book of Boba Fett. It's just um, they get back to... <laughs> They get packed to Jabba's palace, um, and Boba Fett just kind of looks at Fennec Shand and is just like, you know what, I trust you with this, and then he just like flies away on his jetpack yeah. <laughs> to go do something that. else. I think that's great. Well, okay. But I, I also kind of see Cobb taking over there, and I feel like Fennec and him will just kind of ride together like besties. It's just, you know, it's it's... I get where you're coming from, okay? But, like, it's Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Like, it is one of those things where it's like, well, we just spent an entire season, you know, like, being like, well, what, what makes this character tick? And then, basically, at the end of the season, you, you're just like, you've essentially yeah. announced, like, I don't know what makes that character tick, you know? And what, you know, I guess is fine, you know? Um, well, no, I don't know. I don't know. Just starting from the movies, and, you know, I would have liked them to expound on this more, but it just seems like, you know, he's a character that doesn't have roots. So, you know, that's just kind of what he does. Okay. All right. Well, I, I will I will take that back. I did. I, I wasn't I wasn't overtly a, a fan of the line, but, but you have <laughs> but, but I mean, but to your point, we don't know, you know, so it, you know, we don't know. And well, I think just to jump in on that one more time, I think that line could have potentially made a lot of sense in the show if we had gotten more of those flashback scenes yeah. with a young version of Boba Fett, where he kind of felt like he had to follow um, in the footsteps of Django, and then like he had to be, he had to follow, afterwards he had to follow in the footsteps of um, of Cad and Ursing and those, uh, um, those hunters as well. If we got that background of him kind of being led down various paths by other people and like and then the show becomes more about him trying to find his own sense of agency and freedom within it i think that line could have made a lot more sense which again is why i think it's so weird that they did not go that route with the flashbacks yeah i mean i, I mean i i agree i mean i think you know uh well, once again, I mean, you know, that's the concept there is you just, you need more time. I mean, you need, you need at least in our episode, maybe two more episodes to actually delve into that. Um, and I think, I think that's, I think that's the big fail um, here, but okay. We have, um, we, we've, we've talked enough uh, bad things about, about Book of Fed. We're an hour in. Um, I do, you know, I, there, there were, there were other issues I had with it, but we all gave it a seven out of 10, which means there were things that we, enjoyed about the show apparently um if it doesn't seem like it so um so i tell you what here's a character i know we all just universally enjoyed um and since i know there's no one here who loves b and c list star wars characters more than the eic uh jake uh jake i'm gonna let you have the first crack at black chrysanthemum what did you think <laughs> of black well i mean what do you say about someone who is simultaneously your best friend 
and part of your past, but also maybe part of your future as yeah. well. You know, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Black Chrysanthemum, when you you actually spoiled that for me, um, because you were like, hey, Jake, do we have the first appearance of him? Because Black Chrysanthemum's in Book of Boba Fett now. And you sounded just like that. I, um, I want to make sure if we, if it, look, <laughs> any time we have an opportunity to see a comment go from five bucks to $250. That's true. Overnight, that is fair. I want to make sure we have that. That is true. Okay. I and, figured we did. You know. You know, I figured we had, actually I asked if we had two copies because I thought you had. I, I did and not. And you didn't. I did you, not for some Because once reason. again, somebody didn't get the Darth Vader series when I told them I to. don't know why. Yeah. Anyways, um, no, I, I loved his inclusion in this. Um, I actually really liked the idea of bringing more characters from the new newer Marvel comics in. Um, I'm really excited for Star Wars Acolyte, the new Disney Plus series that's going to be coming out in the next couple of years. It's going to be High Republic, so hopefully they'll be including some of the characters that we've been falling in love with in those books and comics. Um, but bringing in Kersantan and 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 to even though I'm not a big fan of him, even to a point, Cad Bane was a really really cool thing. Yeah, we're gonna save Cad. I, I, I know, I know. Okay, okay. Bringing in Kersantan was a really cool thing to see. Because, well, really, for me as a character, I never thought I would actually see in a show. Um, and, of course, the design for him is right off the page. You know, he's this, this big, angry black Wookiee. You know, he's got the, he's got the pauldron, and he's got the... And then there, there's a point where he's got the, the electric uh, brass knuckles. And, you know, it's just, it's just really a cool design. Um and he's such a foreboding character. There's never really a point where he's just not cool. Even even when he's pulling Boba out of the back tank, I was still like, it's Black Chrysanthemum. Like, this is awesome, you know? Um, and, yeah, I mean, I I will tell you, here's the thing. This show would have lost at least a, a two, uh, two, uh, two points um if if he had died in the season they finale <laughs> if they had killed him off i would have i would have been very very upset um but i but i'm also with al like i was when they cut away i was like why why are you cutting away i i want to see i want to see more of this i want to see black crusade destroy more trandoshans i am 100 okay with that um in fact i want an entire season of that just just go ahead you know um because that's actually, in all honesty, um, I would love to see a Chrysanthemum season because I would love to see the discussion and go into the story of how the Empire takes over uh, Kashyyyk because they want Kyra crystals and then then they give it to the Trandoshans basically as a hunting planet. And so then the Wookiees are enslaved and hunted. And I know that's way too much to go into right now. But I want that story. That's one of the few things from Legends I would I just gladly. Don't see them. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now why they will never do that. Okay, for the same reason uh, that Rise of Skywalker was the way it was. Um, that is way too left leaning of a show idea for them to possibly do. Well, I can't have colonialism in the Star Wars show, Jake. Okay, well, okay. stop being so political. The Empire <laughs> stop is. Stop being so political. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Leave your politics on a Star Wars journey. Okay, all right, excuse me. Okay, <laughs> the Empire comes in and politely takes away all their kyber crystals, 
And then they start having disagreements with Trandoshans, okay? And chains are involved somehow. Yeah. And then and then Chrysanthemum has to escape know, them. Like, okay. Seems like critical race theory. Uh, is, is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I would love to see that storyline because I really, I really like the stories of the Wookiees. I think that's just a really cool aspect. Um, obviously, it's very sad, but seeing them rise up over the Empire is really cool. Possibly um, the best scene of the entire thing is Blacker Sanders getting drunk in that club and being like, and then just like, you I'm know what? Gonna, you know what? <laughs> Screw these trans <laughs> 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 guys are awesome. <laughs> just like, yeah. you know. I just I loved it. Yeah, it was great. But uh, but no, I just I loved everything about him. I thought he was perfect uh, of an addition, and I want to see more of him in the future. And for the record, yes, I would love to see him in the Kenobi show because he does show up in the Kenobi parts of uh, the Star Wars comics. He does. Yeah. So I would love to see him have a cameo in it as well. All right, uh, Al, I will uh, quickly go to you. Um, you know. Um, it was already brought up, uh, but uh, Cad Bane, you know, shows up in this. Apparently, he's a big deal. You know, you want to talk about Cad Bane for a bit? Um, yeah, sure. Like Cad Bane in this? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I do just want to say that I personally prefer my prefer that my children um, learn about the history of the Empire um, themselves. Um, instead of um, being tainted and brainwashed by all these historical facts. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Thank you, Al. We'll throw that out there. Um, why is Jacob trying to ruin Star Wars? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> trying to ruin Star Wars over here. Nonsense. Um, but, um, no, for Cad Bane, um, Cad Bane, you can ask um, our... Um, our Absent fandom correspondent here tonight. You can ask Alyssa about this. Um, seeing Cad Bane show up um, in that episode of Boba Fett was a very almost surreal experience <laughs> for me because his figure shows up in the distance and I saw it and I saw the hat and I saw kind of what looked like the trench coat. And almost as a joke, I just kind of like chuckled. I was just like, oh, oh, is that Cad Bane? Is he in this show now? <laughs> and then he gets closer, and I'm just like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> um, because for anybody who doesn't know, who, who doesn't watch a lot of the animated stuff, um, Cad Bane came up a lot in the Clone Wars. Um, last time we saw, as far as I know, last time we canonically saw him was um, about halfway possibly about 75% of the way through the Bad Batch. Um, he shows up there. Um, so uh, he's a big deal in those shows. He 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 was a pretty big deal in in um, the Dave on the Dave Filoni kind of spheres of Star Wars. Um, and like he's he's kind of like your your quintessential kind of like um basic stereotype of like a cool edgy kind of bounty <laughs> hunter right uh he has kind of like a cowboy outlaw um thing going on about him and stuff he's very accomplished um he's taken down head eyes before um um as parts of his bounties um uh, he's really cool 
he's uh, I thought he was fine in this show. Uh, I thought um, it made sense for him to show up, uh, considering the connections he has um, with Hoba Fett's past. Um, not that that was anything we explored in this show, but <laughs> again, very weird to me. But um, I thought he was fine. I thought he played his role well. Um, how he kind of tackled, um, he kind of tackled the battle and um, the pre-battle kind of preparations from the perspective of, you know, I'm going to undermine their plans rather than tackle them head on. I'm going to go and try to like goad Oba Fett into, um, into a duel and see if we can get him and his, his allies out of the way before any of this really, really has a chance to even start. I thought that was very on brand for him. Um, so yeah, I thought he was utilized great. I thought he was a great, he and, uh, on black Chrysanthemum as well was a great example of how a lot of this show was kind of, um, was kind of a, a celebration of like, of people who are into like, um, more side star Wars characters. You know, every few episodes, it was just kind of like, hey, everybody, do you like um, characters from the original trilogy? Do you like characters from The Clone Wars and Bad Batch? Do you like The Mandalorian? Uh, here's here's all of these people. D- did you enjoy the Darth Vader and Dr. Aphra comic book series? Like, here, here's Black Resantin. Like, um, So that part was really cool. It was really... Um, as a fan of Star Wars and as a fan of a lot of those characters, it was fun um, and really enjoyable to just kind of experience them on screen. You know, I had a lot of um, had had a great time with that. <laughs> just kind of being able to just be like, oh, holy shit, that is Cad Bane. Like, they're actually doing it. Like, um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. So I was into it. Jenny, uh, I will uh, I'm going to give you this one in particular. Uh, this is a question designed explicitly for you. Um, Is the relationship between the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and Grogu the best relationship in the history of anything? Yes. (laughs) What a silly question. I figured you would answer answer in the the positive there. Um, But we got some great scenes. Uh, Like I said, we've discussed how we would have rather not had them in the show, but hey, since they were in the show, that was great. Yeah, we got so, we got a f- pretty fantastic Mandalorian episode right in the middle of this book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, really, two and a half fantastic Mandalorian Absolutely, episodes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, talk a little bit about uh, uh, Din and Grogu. You know, like, and, and and I know you wouldn't complain about Luke and the choice. I so. do, but I'm going to try not to complain. Well, you, complain. you know, so we bad. already had like our little complaining session, but um, I, honestly, I did like watching him and Luke, though. I, I think. I like the idea of him learning the Jedi ways and then just also becoming a Mandalorian. I think that's cool. He could be like both. That's what I would do um, if I were writing philosophies. Though, I mean, are they though? Yeah, yeah, they are. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Very much are. I don't know. At the end of the the Rise of Skywalker, I don't know if you can really say that, can you? That's true. That's another podcast. That's true. You're right. You're right. But anyway, um, but no, I loved watching. Grogu learned, but he, you know, he wasn't into it. And then, like, you know, I hated that Ahsoka was like, "I'll give him the jacket. You could just leave." And uh, that was rude. Uh, I mean, that's basically what she did. Is that not what she did? No, no you're right. You're right. And 
But then she didn't even give it to him. She gave it to Luke, and then Luke was like, oh, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to, like, <laughs> just ruin this little moment. And, uh, you know, that's that's what he did. And uh, But Grogu ultimately chose, you know, the armor. And he looks so cute in it. It's so it cute. Like, it I teared up. Like, I'm about to, like, cry now just thinking about old Grogu. Um, I thought it was really cool how R2-D2 was the one that brought him to uh, What's-Her-Face. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we didn't talk about R2-D2 at all. Like, I mean, I know he wasn't in a lot, but it's always cool to see but him. But he's great. Yeah, yeah it's always favorite, cool to see him. He could be in, like, every single Star Wars thing. I'd be completely fine with him. He had the best customer service moment in history where he was <laughs> like... Like, man, I was like, okay, so where is he? And then Arthur shuts down. He's like, don't shut down. I'm like, God, how awesome would that be? I know. That's literally what we said when it happened. We were like, we wish he could do that so often. Like, I just want to, like, fall asleep. He's like, okay. And just to have it accepted is a better thing. Like, he was like, well, all right. Well, and also, like, you know, like, at that point, they're building him a bench. So, like, Arthur's basically, look. I gave you a place to stay. Leave me alone. You know? It was great. Yeah. R2 is so great. And then, yeah, he delivers the child to, uh, to, what is her name? What is her name? Is it Pelly? I think it's her name. Yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's uh, actually a kind of important character. And yeah, I got it. She builds Den's new ship. Like, yeah. Um, what is her name? She says it when the, the Twi'lek assistant to the mayor who becomes kind of zany and funny by the end of it. Did he? Um, That's uh, fine. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. (laughs) And or arguably just really annoying and needing to, like, get shot. Um, She says it to him. I think it's Pelly something. I can't remember her last name. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, R2 brings him to her. And, yeah. And then, like, that whole, like, last couple episodes, I thought, or no, I guess it was just one episode. I don't know. It was a long episode. Um, I thought Grogu was going to get shot. I don't know why I always think that. Why would Disney ever do why? that? Why would Disney ever like let Grogu get hurt? But I, I'm always like, oh my god. I'm just like well, on the edge you know, of my like, seat the entire time. That's, that's, that's um, the magic. <laughs> it's effective. You know? just, Seriously. Keeps you on the edge of your seat. Uh, you know? uh, I would have been... Uh... And, uh, and Cad Bane, like, he was fully ready to just blow Grogu up. Like, little bitch. I can't stand Cad Bane. Yeah, it, it's Pelly Motto. Uh, also, once again, uh, uh, that was our that was our moment. That this is slightly PG thirteen. <laughs> you know, we're calling Cad Bane. You know, I, I held back from saying it about Luke, but I couldn't with Cad. I, I couldn't. Um, um, but yeah, no, Gregory was great. I mean, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's always enjoyable to watch. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I would have preferred, you know, not, but it was okay. Yeah, I do think another reason. And look, here's the thing. I I think to to, to Maura Morrison. Is great. I think he's fantastic in what he does. I thought he was great at Django Fett. I think he's really good here. There's a reason, though. There was a, there was a lot of talk about like why Tamar Marison is taking his his helmet off so much. And I mean, of course, the in in uh, in world reason, of course, is they not really Mandalorian, right? He just mm-hmm. got the armor. But like. In my opinion, the main reason is that he, if, if you're going to bring Mandalorian, if you're going to bring Mando into this show, Pedro Pascal is so good at acting with the armor on mm. that it really, like, it. he can't, Tamora Morrison can't compete because, like, the best, like, I can't explain it, okay? But the look of surprise on Mandalorian's oh, yeah. Yeah. masked face when yes. Grogu jumps in his arm. Yeah. 
Like it's, I don't know how, I don't know, but like, you know, nothing like that mask doesn't move. It's not Mm -hmm. like a Spider-Man having, you know, moving eyes situation. Well, Andrew Garfield had the same effect, Ah, but here we go. I'm just saying. I I, I, I didn't didn't mean, I should have said Spider-Man, I'm sorry. Andrew Garfield's perfect. I didn't, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, he's he's just as good as Pedro Pascal. That's all I was saying. Okay, yes. Okay. What would you do if one day they put Pedro Pascal in Mandalorian armor and Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man suit? in the same scene would you just lose your mind i don't know why that would ever happen ever but... <laughs> that was a weird question yeah. but it's okay yeah that's that's a pat Miles ball, you know, moment right there yeah. we see the glow. well hey it happened for him he was right loved hand to boba fett yeah. oh that's right yeah, yeah that's very true um but... your dreams everyone but no like yeah he looked surprised he looked worried yeah uh you know like yeah was, yeah, it, it's it's it really is. Uh, I will say this: Book of Boba Fett. You know, like wherever they're going to go with Mandalorian season three. You know, I don't know. I I don't know how that. You know, we had a lot of weird stuff with the armor, um, which you know, I you know at this point, I you know, let's just take them both out and take over Mandalore. In my opinion, mm. why not just straight up do that? You know, um, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at. You so know. so what? Josh, the wise sage is saying, <laughs> is kill the armor and uh, fan favorite Bo Katan as well? Or? Uh, uh, I thought you no, was talking no, about free, uh, free, 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 free. Oh, the other Vizsla. Okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, is Bo Katan a fan favorite? Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> Why? I, I, uh, says someone who hasn't watched Clone Wars and Rebels. You're I'm wrong. Just... I, I, I've, I've seen enough to know she loses Mandalore to Darth Maul and his, and his chicken legs. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> so, oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. She's still, she's still a fan favorite, and yeah. uh, she's definitely a fan favorite in Rebels. Okay, fine. I don't want to get into I that. I hope right that now. the EU uh, podcast will talk about yeah. one day. We, 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 we could do that. Yeah. I would like some solid reasons, oh. too, because she was not likable. She's in, uh, not. She's yeah. straight up not likable. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just. That's weird. Anyway, anyway. whatever. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Al, am I wrong calling her a fan favorite character? I, I, I guess so. I, I, oh, okay. All right. I've All never right. really like heard her like be extremely popular. I mean, the main characters I've heard from Clone Wars to be very popular, I've heard are like Ahsoka. I've heard are like um, her squad of troopers. Like I've those are like the main characters I've heard. Um, Maul, obviously, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, there is a oh. Bo-Katan Interesting. Where have you seen, like, all of the fans of hers, though? Like, Instagram is mainly, like... Oh, Are you, well, talking about you, can't, you, you can't trust Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going out to people saying, hey, do you like Bo-Katan constantly? <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> should be. That's how okay, research okay, is done. All right, all right. Okay, excuse so me. Yeah, never, never mind. Yeah, no but, one is a fan favorite until I start doing like Billy on the street. I but guess. I wasn't talking about. Oh, Kelly. can you? Okay, that's <laughs> another idea. For a dollar, do you like Bo-Katan? <laughs> I, I, I wasn't talking about Bo-Katan. I was talking about Pre Vizsla, who you know. I mean, I just feel like you're gonna have to kill him anyway to keep the dark saber. So you well, know, Pre Vizsla's already dead, so that's good. But Paz Vizsla, I guess you know we. I hate you. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
tell you what, tell you what guys. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move towards the end on that, okay? Because like that this was, episode that was, really this episode really got away from saying, Josh tonight. I'm just yeah. saying not every Vizsla is pre Vizsla. Whatever the new the, the new Vizsla, whatever Jeez. his name is. <laughs> Oh my lord! I guess this is what we can expect from the EU podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, you couldn't ask Alan. Very difficult to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> just, just in general. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, looking looking ahead a little bit, uh, you know, we to to Mandalorian. I think I think we do have a, a pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, it does seem like we've got a pretty good uh, uh, foundation for Mandalorian season three. I know at the end of season two, there was a lot of questions like, "Well, what do you do now?" You know, but you know, with Grogu having made the choice he did, um, you know, and definitely going to be a, a looks like he's going to be a, a Mandalorian. So uh, I have a question I, about that. Well, first and foremost, okay. I just now, if season three does not have him in a little Beskar suit. Oh yeah, no, that has to happen. Okay, all right, carry yeah. on. Okay, but carry on. Um, so what? So Grogu is naturally force sensitive. Like he's very powerful. So right. like, how does that work? Well, it doesn't work at the Enterprise of Skywalker um, because all force sensitive people came from Palpatine. Okay. Okay, but it does work if you don't include Rise of Skywalker because like there's force sensitive people that do not. Well, no, I'm just saying like so like so like y'all said a while ago that that's too fundamentally different. Blah, blah, blah. But like the thing is, if he is force sensitive anyway and becomes a Mandalorian, then isn't he kind of a Jedi Mandalorian anyway? I mean, sort of like okay. Because like well, that's, of all, the that's, parts, it. that's it. That's okay. all I gotta say. Okay, I'm just saying though, <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't like being a Jedi is not just about having. The power to be a Jedi. I uh, know, but he does have it. Okay, yes, yeah, you're right. He does. <laughs> he does. You know, I'm just saying because, like, if if all it is is about, you know, if all of that being a Jedi, you know, is about being the power. I hate to quote the prequels, but you know, then there's the Anakin. I'll be the most powerful Jedi ever. I'll even stop death, kind of thing. Yes, definitely. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. That that he mm. didn't, you know, he didn't make, you know, he's not taking the vows. You know. Okay, so he's just magical. For... He's just magical. Okay, yes, yes, he's the magical is. Mandalorian. He's just a magical okay. Mandalorian. Which honestly, which honestly, I like. I kind of hope we get a lot more characters like that. I hope we get a lot more people who are force sensitive, who are just like you know what the Jedi and the Sith, just okay. like aren't my thing. Like I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to be to see independent force users. Well, I mean, I here's, here's the interesting thing about this, okay, is that this is where we were going because that's what Maz Kanata is, right, in Force mm -hmm. Awakens. You know, she's not a Jedi, but she knows the Force. She understands how it works. You know, she seems Force-sensitive. You know, also, this is what Leia is in... Well, yeah, but now it's been confirmed that she did train with the she did train, yeah. but like, but then she was also like, eh, you know. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. you know. She's like, I'm Leia, I don't yeah. need this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Which is fair. You know? I so, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that because, once again, there's this idea that Disney has to save Star Wars from itself, that I know is very controversial when I say this, but at some point we have to, we have, we have to have somebody, anybody, make the statement that your child might be magical. I'm going to take him away at age five is a bad idea 
just across the board. Yeah. And I know that scene in Attack of the Clones is really cute where they all had the little lightsabers and Yoda was like the mind of a child. But only once you look at it, like, they're probably too young to be wielding lightsabers, Yoda. You know? <laughs> like, I, that, so at some point, somebody has to deal with that. And uh, and hopefully, maybe this is this is a step into that direction where they're kind of dealing with this concept, you know, of like, probably not a good idea to indoctrinate your children you know, into the magical Jedi cult at age four, you know, um, just probably not good. Um, so hopefully you're dealing with that. Does High Republic talk about that at all? I don't want to spoil anything, but um, kind of at one point. So like, like it is kind of a thing, like some, at least there's somebody going, hey, let's not, let's stop kidnapping the children. So they don't really, they don't really talk about the, the children aspect. I'm, I'm wondering if they were will, um, but there is a this idea of being force sensitive and not necessarily being part of the order or not letting the order dictate everything that you do with the force is a heavy discussion in like the most recent book. Okay. Um, All right. Well, we won't we won't get into it too much. So just in case you wanna you wanna read that book or whatever. But anyway. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, last last question. One that's extremely important to me. Okay. Of extreme importance to me. Is Max Rebo dead? Oh, God. Oh, I didn't even think about that. He's not playing when when the bomb goes off. I hope not. I, I, I hope so, too. Cause it's I Max, need to watch that scene. It's Max Rebo. So, you know, I mean, I'm just, you know, Al, is Max Rebo dead? Oh, I hope not. I... I... Because you know, if you know, you know, I, you know my head, musician. It is. You know, my head canon for that is that, as insidious as the Pikes are, that they value artistry, and so one of their troops um, earlier that day saw Max Rebill on the street. And I was just like, "Hey, man, um, you look a little sick. You should." We should call him to work tonight and <laughs> just kind of stopped him from going that night. That's my head cannon. That's your head. Okay. Like that, that. That's going to be my head cannon too, yeah. because I want Max Rebo on every show. I just think mm -hmm. that'd be great to have him show up. He'd be a great Easter egg across the board. Uh, anything else to say about Book of Boba Fett before we close this out? I'm looking up if Max Rebo is dead. Okay. Any, anything else to say? Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, had some issues, but it was, it was a good time. If you like weird kind of side characters who surprise you, uh, then you should give it a shot. Yeah, it's a. I'd watch it again probably. Like it wasn't like you know, it just like of the Disney Plus shows that we've had, it was to me um, unsatisfying, but not something I disliked. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Overall, I think it. it it is a very good show. I want more of it. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. Um, the finale is... The finale really helps it out a lot. I will admit that. Because, as Jenny already said, the scene where... Or Jenny, or I think it was I think it was you. Yeah. Um, the scene where it's Boba and Dan mm -hmm. just having that shootout. Like, yeah, that was there so were, cool. I've heard people complain about the... As they quote... 
Okay, do pe- real quick, before we go, do people not know who Robert Rodriguez is? Because everyone kept saying the Spy Kids director. And, like, I understand he's the Spy Kids director. But <laughs> it is like, kind of funny, isn't it? But, yeah. like, at the same time, like, that is very clear. Like, the the style of fighting that they're talking yeah, about is very clearly Desperado and Once Upon a Time yeah, in Mexico I know, I know. and, uh, uh, what is it, Death Proof, you know, and so on and so forth. Like, or no, not Death Proof, Planet Terror is the one he did. But, like... Yeah. Anyways, that that that's, that was just weird, but I didn't mind having those scenes. Like someone was like, I didn't like Boba using his like knee rockets while shooting someone like without looking. I was like, why do you not like that? I don't understand. I don't understand why that's not cool. <laughs> like of all the things you could be like. The only thing I didn't like in the season finale is there is no way Clatoonians could stop Gamorrean guards, even if they are backed up against a cliff. That's just me. I'm just saying. Um, but like, even there was there was nothing wrong with Boba and Din at the at the end of that season finale. I'm, there there is nothing wrong with with their characters at all. Just um, except I would have had Boba duel with the pistol instead of the blaster rifle, just because that would have made it more. Like an actual duel when he's taking down Cad Bane, but that's oh, okay. that's uh, that, it's it's a, <laughs> exactly. it's it's a, it's a nitpick. It's a nitpick. After everything you said, you're like, but then I. But then you know, it's the only thing I'm just saying. But um, but but no, like that that that's the best scene of the series is is the two of them battling and yeah, that's just yeah yeah. So that's great. It's 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 pretty great. Um, yeah, no, I, it's it's weird about Robert Rodriguez. I, He's a Spy Kids director. I think it's oh strange God. that all of us have apparently been, have now turned on Spy Kids to use that as an insult. Because when Spy Kids came out, everyone thought I was a bop. You know, I was too old for it when it came out. And I thought I was a bop. I so like yeah, I don't know it's anybody. Done, I don't know anybody done like the first Spy Kids. Um, I don't know. Weird. Okay. Well, on that note, you know. Um, Learn more about Robert Rodriguez's uh, his work. You know, there's there's our stuff out there. Uh, it's, but also, it's it's oddly appropriate that in a show where Boba Fett got kind of like um, shunned to the side a little bit and replaced with the Mandalorian and Grogu, it's it's oddly appropriate that we end this podcast with um, talking instead of Boba Fett. About Spy Kids and <laughs> and the franchise. Yeah. Fair, fair, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, look at just look at Robert Rodriguez on IMDb at some point. You know, he's he's, he's fairly fairly prolific. Uh, you know, even if you're not a huge fan, he's 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 experienced. And uh, yeah, on that note, we will uh, we will end this podcast. Uh, as always, uh, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on uh, Instagram. On Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, we, we do have a Patreon. Uh, check us out on TikTok. You know, we're, we're putting out some TikTok videos uh, that right now only include Jake's weird sense of humor. Um, but, you know, but, they, but eventually they'll get better. I'm not going to let them talk. We're just, we're just leaving it at that, okay? Uh, but eventually, you know, we're going to move into a situation where, you know, we might actually have, like, TikToks of substance if there are such a thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, and uh, as always, uh, remember, guys, fandom is for everyone. Uh, you know, even if you disagree with stuff, you know, be be nice out there. I meant to tell you, this, this is funny. At the end of the new G.I. Joe comic, the G.I. Joe Saturday morning comic, okay? Ooh. This is great. This is, I promise this, this is relevant. There is 
a public service announcement oh. where mainframe, the computer analyst for GI Joe, comes in and stops a kid from posting a mean thing online because he disagrees with a fandom. And it's fantastic. Okay. It's like the best thing ever. And like the kid's like, I didn't know these were real people. And like mainframe's like, and now you know. And he goes, and knowing is half the battle. It's so awesome. That's so, beautiful. so anyway, what I'm saying is like, you know, we, we had some, you know, everyone has their opinions on things, but like, you know, all these creators, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're doing their best to put out on a good show. No one, no one sets out there to be like, I just want to jettison all Star Wars. And so even if you critique it, you know, critique it in a way, you know, that understands that uh, these people are doing the best they can, you know, and just be nice, uh, you know, and always remember Phantom is for everyone. And uh, yeah. Y'all be good out there and uh, have a good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you're at.